Hot 1027 Business with Nzinga. Thanks for staying with us on Hot Business on Thursdays towards the end of the show. One of my favorite features. We speak to such a range of interesting people. Tonight, it is no different. I'm speaking to Mervyn Gers, the founder of Mervyn Gers Ceramics. Mervyn, thanks for your time on Hot Business this evening. Just tell us a little bit about who you are. If someone doesn't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Hi, Nzinga. Nice to talk to you. Um, I started ceramics 15 years ago. I worked from home in my garage, sort of start making large vases. They tended to be selling overseas, not at the local market. So it was quite difficult to market them and to get them abroad because they're big. And then I found this space um, in Baden Island, which used to make ceramics, but they decided to close down. At the end, they were just importing quite um, boring mugs from China, added decals, transfers to them, and sold them to Pix, Pick and Pay, and sort of the, the like. Um, so I started ceramics not really knowing what I was doing. Um, and there were five people there which we reemployed, and three people that were working at home with me making vases, and sort of started the journey of making handmade dinnerware. That's really how it all started. And it, the plan wasn't, actually, I, I didn't have a plan or didn't think about it, but it just sort of grew organically um, and became a, a rather big company with more than 52 employees at the moment. we the only studio in the world that does everything in-house, that we make our own clay, make our own glazes, print our own transfers, do our own designs and do everything by handmade. So to, to, to qualify, we are the only handmade ceramic studio that, that does everything. Okay, Mervyn, thanks so much. I mean, I want to talk about you um, and not necessarily the company. You spoke about how you started making these big um, vases in your garage. Growing up, did you have uh, people who were creative around you? Were you encouraged to play outside? What led to this eventual work that you did? Just describe to me where you grew up, how you grew up, and the influences that you had. I grew up in a very small town called Daniel Scale. Um, you probably never heard about it. It's in yeah, the no. Northern Cape. Um, it's 160 kilometers north of Kimberley and close to Bossensburg, Kulm, and Sishin. Those, those areas may sound more familiar. So it was a tiny little one-horse town. Um, there, when, we, when I matriculated, there were 12 of us in, in matric, so you can imagine how small the place was. Um, the entire school from grade 8 till grade 12, there were 350 pupils. So just mainly farmers that sent their kids to school. But it's a tiny school. There wasn't any opportunity to be creative because the subjects we had at school were very limited. I mean, you did maths, and you did history, and you did science, and you did bookkeeping, and you did Afrikaans, English. Those were just a given. So, yeah, that's that's really so. We we were fortunate. Um, we could go to school without wearing shoes. It was very. Um, I still don't like wearing shoes, so it's just one of those things that's left over. So. We played with, we had our own horses, we had our own chickens, we had our own guinea fowls, um, and it was a tiny little town 
with um, with people having their own animals in the backyard. Okay, and then this is how you grew up. It sounds idyllic in part. Um, what happened after school? What happened before you you went into the career that you're in now? Okay, um, I think I was about 12 years old when I realized that this place is too small for me at all. I don't fit, um, and I started reading ferociously about Cape Town. Um, the size of our library, there was a tiny little library, it was about, say, 10 meters by 4 meters, and the books available for kids was probably one shelf that you could get hold of, and I just had this set thing, I'm going to move to Cape Town when I'm, when I'm grown up, when I'm still not grown up, I'm trying. So, um, I, yeah, I decided this is Cape Town. So, unfortunately, at that time, we we were forced to do the army. When you finished school, that was a two-year conscription. You couldn't get out of it. I went to the army first before I went to university. So, I left school, and when I left school, I was 17, and, and then I decided to, you know, get out of there as soon as I could. So I worked in a mine for six months to earn money, and then I went to the army, and then I worked again for six months to go to university, and I went to Bloemfontein because I wanted to study communications. There were only two places in the country. One was Potchefstroom and the other one Bloemfontein, and they're both equally bad, but uh, <laughs> I ended up in Bloemfontein. Um, and I studied, Cuny de Villiers was one of my lectures. Um, I mean, he's probably one of the most famous ones. And then after Bloemfontein, I came to Cape Town. I thought, um, I want to be an actor, so I came to UZT and I started for a year, but I felt dismally I'm not an actor, I should have studied art. Then I started working in a public relations company. From there, I went to a design studio, which was called Janus Ashby Design Partnership. It was the biggest design studio in the country and the best design studio in the country. So I was client service working with the designers and working with the with the clients. And then you you know you get the brief and you brief the artists. And I think that's why I got interested in design. I mean, that's a good story of how if you feel a certain way, and I don't want to get into the discussion about that, uh, and you can't get employment or you you are not employed, you you make a way. What would you suggest to people who are perhaps on a difficult journey, who feel as though um, they maybe don't have hope to do anything or they don't have a plan about how to try and make it, how to think of alternative ways to get through? To be honest, I think it's probably the best thing that happened to me. Um, although while it's happening, it is a horrible process. Um, I think it you have to open your mind and think about things and I think if you believe that you will do something well whatever you do you will do well beautiful if that makes sense to you absolutely Mervyn Gerst the founder Gerst the founder of Mervyn Gerst Ceramics uh, thank you so much for your time and sharing your journey with us here on Hot Business I really appreciate the time that you've taken you're most welcome mm -hmm. thank you so much it's time for a short break when we come back we'll be speaking to Jeff Blunt the CEO CIO of Inequity, just taking a look at what's moving the markets today. I think the big story for me when it comes to markets is those ETFs that are now allowed by the SEC in America. What does it mean for Bitcoin? What does it mean for the markets? We'll talk to him about that and more. Do stay with us on Hot 1027.
Hot 1027 Business with Nzinga.